Welcome, everybody, to the Kona Shane Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. Guys, I got a good one today. I have got an itchy, soft stomach young dog. This dog uh, has bouts of uh, soft stools and a little bit of vomiting, just a little bit. And he's also gets uh, ear infections and some slightly itchy skin. I'm sure you've never seen anything like this. Not super common at all. Guys, I want to unpack this. I want to get up to date. I want to get the tips, the tricks, and the pearls that I need to do a really, really good job with this case. And so I have brought in my friend, Dr. Jason Gagne. Dr. Gagne is a board-certified veterinary nutritionist, and he is Purina's Director of Veterinary Technical Communications. He is a super smart guy and a pleasure to talk to. Gang, this episode is, uh, man, I'm so, I'm so happy. I'm so pleased. This episode is made possible ad-free by Purina Pro Plan Veterinary Diets. Let's get into this episode. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to the Cone of Shame with Dr. Andy Rourke. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Jason Gagne. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for the opportunity. It's really nice to uh, get together with you today. Oh man, my my pleasure to have you here. You are a board certified veterinary nutritionist. You do a uh, a lot of different things. Um, I I have a case for you that I think is going to be right up your alley, and I was wondering if I can run it past you. Yeah, let's hear it. All right, cool. So I have um, Boudreaux. Boudreaux is a three-year-old, we call him a Carolina yellow dog. Uh, some people call him Heinz 57. Uh, he is a, he, I do not, he's not a, he's, he is no kind of pure breed I've ever seen. He is a mixture. He is a, uh, a shelter dog and he's a super nice guy, a sweetie. He's a probably about 35, 40 pounds, uh, sort of brown, black checkerboard kind of dog. Um, just a happy, happy three-year-old guy. The, the problem I'm having with Boudreaux is that He's three years old and he has had intermittent vomiting and soft stools for a year and a half. Um, just Ooh. just off and on and different, different qual like oftentimes it'll be just wellness checkup and they'll be, you know, and they'll just kind of bring it up. And sometimes he kind of comes in and they say, Ooh, you know, this is getting kind of bad. And it's never, yeah. it's never, it's never awful like emergency, but it's always, hey, doc, I don't think this is normal. He's just, they say he's, they call it the soft stomach. Boudreaux's soft stomach is bothering him. Soft stomach, sensitive stomach. Yeah. At the same time, he's um. I the reason I end up talking to him about his stomach is he's in for ear infections, and so oh. yeah, every you know just I mean, like three to six months he comes in for he's sort of shaking his head or just just he's got some allergy flare ups. And again, he's not awful dog. This is not. Don't think about. He's not a bald dog. He's not a beet red dog. He's, these are just. These are just mild nagging symptoms. And so I, I wanted to, to ask you about this because I, I, I'm not fixing Boudreaux and it's bothering me. And, and it's just been occurring off and on for a year and a half? Yeah, but he's only three. And so, yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's fairly early on. So anyway, so I, I, I've, been to, I've, been talking to, I've been talking to the owners about this and going back and forth. They, um, they want me just to fix, they just want me to fix the problem, you know? And I, and I talked to them a little bit about, about diet and things like that. And I've gotten, gotten them to, you know, they'll try some different things. They're doing some over the counter, uh, limited ingredient diets, uh, stuff like that. Just, sure. uh, and, and mostly they, they're like, no, no, I think he needs a, an allergy medicine or things like that. And I, I, I'm having a hard time just sort of unpacking this. There seems to be a lot going on. 
just let me, I, I'm yeah. just, I know I just gave you a hot mess. Help me break this case up. <laughs> Yeah. So, no, sounds like a sounds like a great case. I I, I may have heard the story once or twice. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it, there's yeah. A, there's a lot going on with Boudreaux, and and I just help me to break this apart into sure bite sized pieces and figure like how do I how do I work this case up first of all, and then how do I get these people on board with where we need to go? Yeah, sounds so. So, have you done any uh, sort of treatments uh, in the past? With just, before, like antibiotics or anything? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, for, for yeah. you know, treating treating ear infections, um, he'll, you know, he'll scratch around his neck and everything, get a skin infection. He'll end up on, you know, uh, some ceph, uh, cephaderm, things like that. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then just basic uh, bland, cycling on to bland diet, cycling on to high fiber diet. I thought maybe it was a, a sort of um, increasing fiber or earlier on might, okay. might be helpful. And so he cycles on to short-term therapeutic diets and then back off again uh, to get back on to whatever his owners are sort of excited about. Well, I think I think you raised a really a really good point there in the beginning when you were telling me about how long it's been going on and, you know, to, in taking your history of this dog. So, you know, three-year-old dog, year and a half, it's a pretty significant amount of time. So yeah. it's, it, always, itch, it's always one know, of those things where, they, you know, like he comes in and they're, they're like, no, nope, this time, you know, this time it's his skin. It's not his ears. It's different. And I go, I, I feel like these things are all tied together. At some point we keep having general skin and general yeah. stomach problems yeah and sometimes it, it well obviously it could occur separately or it's occurring together the gi and the, and the skin signs but uh as well as the ears so let's well, call it germ yeah um ha- happening there and they try you said they tried some other diets like limited ingredients over the counter just over the just over the counter stuff yeah yeah not not, not therapeutic diets necessarily but yeah they okay. they that you know they get excited like like many pet owners do about there there was some grain free stuff they were really excited about there was a, a bison diet that they found that sure. they thought was very affordable that they that they liked and just uh you know again um Stuff that they find at Tractor Supply, uh, you know, uh, Costco, th- things like that. Not not yeah, any specific yeah. place, but they 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 sort of light on things and they get these recommendations and, and they get excited about them. And I haven't been able to guide them away from that. Right, right, right. So, no, I'd say, you know, first of all, I, I think the one of the most important points to bring up is that in, you know, your, your history taking of this dog, you know, they just sitting back, listening to the owner and, you know, the observation that this has been going on for a year and a half. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the fact that some medications have been tried, the fact that some, uh, let's call them limited ingredient over the counter foods have been tried, mm-hmm. uh, to no avail. Uh, so I think there's a little bit to unpack there. And because of something like a non-seasonal paritis, the off and on GI signs with the loose stool, maybe a little vomiting. I think, you know, we have to start to rearrange our differential list there. Okay. I think we need to start thinking about adverse food reactions. Okay. Um, and I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's really interesting for me as a nutritionist uh, to look at that problem. And it's where food could be your friend, but it could also be your enemy at the same time. And then it could be the solution to the problem. So is, let me ask you this, is the dog in a good uh, body condition score, yeah. good muscle condition, good appetite? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, I mean, he seems to be, it's kind of one of the confounding parts of the case is that he seems to be pretty much super happy guy. I think if he was yeah. less happy, his owners would be more motivated to, to, to wade into this. And so, yeah, yeah. he seems to, I mean, he hold, he seems to hold his weight well. Um, yeah, he's, he seems to be energetic, you know, playful playful goofy yeah, guy so, so i think i mean the uh, uh, really a good place to start would be maybe an elimination diet trial and having that conversation with the owner that 
again, food may be something where uh, it, it, it doesn't seem natural, but sometimes you know, the immune system starts to recognize certain ingredients, certain uh, foods as uh, an enemy. Yeah. So how do, how do we uh, work with that dog and understand how nutrition can actually be a therapy rather than hopping around from medication to medication, you know, and at the same time doing good by our profession of antibiotic stewardship too. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That then that makes that makes sense. So let, let me get into the into the nuts and bolts of what, what I kind of need your in, insight sure. on. Okay, so so I've got this dog, I've got Boudreaux, and he's having this this upset stomach. He's having some soft stool and he's having just intermittent vomiting and everything. And that's what they're that's what they're they're in for, you know, most recently. And and I'm hundred percent on board with the diet trial. And I think that I can make this case of, hey, it's been a year and a half. Now we it's time it's time to do this. How do how do I actually implement and carry out the food trial while treating the condition that he has? Do I want to get him? Do I want to get him stabilized and then start this food trial? Am I changing his diet while he's having this stuff, stool and GI uh, general upset? Help me help me figure out how to. What does this look like to implement the food trial while I have a dog that is symptomatic uh, and kind of itchy? So in my, in my experience, communication is of utmost importance with these owners. It truly is because you have to get them to buy into it in order to do good by the dog that right. you want to do, right? So uh, what, what we need to do here is inform these owners that and discuss with them what an adverse food reaction is. You know, the immune system may be recognizing food as a foe, yeah. uh, you know, and at, at that point, we need to take a complete dietary history. We need to see what this dog's been eating. You mentioned that the dog has been uh, eating uh, some of the limited ingredient over-the-counter foods, right? Yeah. And explain to them that while they are uh, they're good foods, complete and balanced, et cetera, they may not be taking into account um, limited ingredients, okay? That, that, that's what they are. There may be a little bit of cross-contamination of proteins within uh, the manufacturing environment. Uh, so we need to kind of move away from those over-the-counter foods. And the reason I bring up the protein is, as we know, it's an intact protein that is usually the cause of the adverse food reaction. Okay, let, let's unpack that a little bit. So so, so spell that out for me a little bit more. So when they say, mm-hmm. hey, I've got this this diet, it says it's limited ingredient, um, you know, you say there may be cross-contamination, things like that. H- help me help lay, lay out what you mean when you say that help, help me understand how to sort of explain so, that to clients yeah so so I mean, there are many companies out there that sell foods over the counter mm-hmm. right? sure they may want to make a bison food or a venison food and that's wonderful um as they should that may be something that a dog has not consumed before and is on these signs so we may think hey you know what go to the pet store get that bison food try that out however in that manufacturing environment of that manufacturer it's possible that they have run their chicken and rice food, let's say, first, and then they run their bison and rice food or bison and potato food, whatever that may be. Um, and there could be a little cross-contamination of that chicken in the bison food. Mm-hmm. And then if the dog still, if the dog has an adverse reaction to the chicken, they're still consuming some amount of chicken within their bison food. That's, right. that's what I'm saying is, you know. So when you, that's why I err to the side of a therapeutic food because you have those, um, what should we call them, uh, best practices, the standard yeah. operating procedures in a manufacturing environment, cleaning those lines, cleaning those conveyors, so that you don't have that uh, confounding factor potentially. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it definitely makes sense. Um, talk to me. Just give me the basics real fast of a food trial. Like, so, so what what notes do yeah. I want to make sure that I hit when I do this? Because I want to, I want to do it. I know, I know it's an investment. I know it takes time. I know we're gonna have to get serious about it. I'm gonna have to get utmost compliance from the client. Uh, I, I yeah. want to do it right the first time. So, so what notes do I need to make sure I hit to to run a good food trial? Well, I think I think you need to be upfront that uh, a therapeutic diet is a little bit more costly. Yeah, I do think that um, you at the same time you need to mention that the other the alternative here is uh, some medications, which depending on the severity of the GI signs or the derm signs, you may have to give some medications at first, um, but that you could air away from medications, you can air away from those side effects uh, subsequently, and uh, that food could actually be the solve here, okay? The important thing here is that in that dietary history, you're saying, hey, what supplements are you taking? What treats are you, you know, feeding? Uh, any table scraps? And, you know, that really starts to come out in that conversation, and you know, you'd be surprised how many obesity cases I've solved with just asking those questions, you know, the wife looks at the husband or the husband looks at the wife and says, oh, you're feeding the dog in the morning too? You know, so then yeah. we wonder why they're they overweight. But <laughs> getting back to this case here, we, uh, it, we need to really tell them, okay, I understand you're feeding this, you're supplementing that. We need to get away from anything that's flavored. We need to be pulling away those table scraps. We need to be pulling away those extra treats, so on and so forth, so that the only thing the dog is consuming for this elimination diet trial is the food, that therapeutic food that you're okay. recommending, okay? Sure. And if it's derm signs, it's typically eight to 12 weeks in time. If it's GI signs only, usually you see a fix within two to four weeks. Okay, And that if it's sense. both, obviously, some of them, because so many dogs have GI and derm signs together, it's gonna be the eight to 12 weeks because the derm's gonna trump the GI. In there. Right, gotcha, that, that totally makes sense. What are the keys uh, in selecting my therapeutic diet? Well, again, uh, taking that dietary history, asking the foods that the dog has been on previously, has uh, it, it really helps there. Choosing if you want to go to a novel protein diet uh, that is a therapeutic diet. Yeah, uh, I do find that um, that has been a little less efficacious over time, and that really is what gave rise to hydrolyzed diets uh, back in the late '90s, early 2000s. So hydrolyzed diets have been great. They still continue to be great. But if you're not familiar with that concept, it's basically you take a parent protein and you break it into smaller pieces yeah. so that the immune system doesn't recognize those small pieces. and It's highly digestible uh, as well. Um, but oddly enough, some dogs do fail a hydrolyzed diet. Yeah, okay, I've seen that. And so I, I, want, yeah. I want to ask you a little bit about that. So, so I have seen some sort of breakthroughs and failures on hydrolyzed diets that, that they actually tend to do better on a, on a uh, novel protein diet, something like that. I, I've, I've found those cases. Um, it, it, it does happen occasionally. I mean, it's, and you know, it, you scratch your head at it, but really, you know, in theory, if this does happen, it's possible that you break the hydrolyzed, the parent protein into a smaller piece and then that smaller piece uh, refolds or and it can act as an epitope and you know the immune system flares anyway is yeah. the gist. I I always I always question I always question adherence at home. You know what I mean? And even they're like, no doctor, I don't give them anything else. I go, mm, I always struggle. I may have been unfair to those people because no, I no, 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 said no, anything no, but I no. uh, and, and, and that that brings me back to my earlier comment about really clear communication of saying, I've taken this dietary history, I know what your dog has consumed. Now, this is all we're going to consume for eight to 12 weeks on this therapeutic diet only because I, too, have made this mistake in the past <laughs> where 
uh, I've had people say, you know, fail a ther- an elimination diet trial. And as I scratch my head and wonder why at times, I come back and say, all right, what are we feeding? Tell me what's going on here. And I have had the, the owner who goes through the Wendy's drive through and gets a frosty. Yeah. Okay. Not really conducive to the trial. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, I, I, I blame myself there and I've really learned to hone my communication skills with these owners. And really I, something else that's also truly important is that as we tell these people, these, these owners to transition their dog over the course of a week onto that diet, we follow up with them at the end of the week. Someone should call them and ask them how it's going. How did that how did that transition go? and then continue to encourage them to move along for the remainder of the trial. Well, what am I looking for at week one when I say, how did it go? I mean, so, so what is that? What, a successful what type of it, transition, Andy. And what is that? What is a successful transition? Like, so, you know, y- y- so they're feeding some diet as they come into you. You want to tell them to wean down on that diet over the course of a week. And then uh, what would be the term there? Wean? Wax, yeah, wax, waxing. Yeah, yeah, waxing. waxing. Here, right? yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna wean down on the old food. We're gonna wax on to the new food over that course of a week, and you're slowly decreasing, and right. uh, the older and slowly increasing. So it. success is just doing the thing. It's yeah, just, okay, okay, it's just giving it to them. Okay, yeah. okay, I got you. Now, once I was like, I was, I wanted to know if there, if there was a clinical sign that you're looking for. Like, oh yeah, I was, I go, and at week one, uh, you know, yeah. if we're talking about, you know, six day or, um, I think you said. Uh, 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 how many weeks was it for for uh, GI signs to resolve? Six days, weeks, two to four. Oh, two to four weeks. Okay, so even then, yeah, okay, we're not there yet. So that's why that's why I was pushing back on that. If, no, success at the end of week one is that you have transitioned. If gotcha. you see if you see improvement at the end of week one, that's great, but don't necessarily expect it. Right. Okay, that makes sense, and, and set that expectation so they're not like I've been doing this for a week and I don't see any any difference. Absolutely, absolutely. Given, given what we have in modern therapeutic diets, is, is there a time that you're going to not reach for a hydrolyzed diet to do this diet trial? Yeah, you know, I, I would say that what I really like to do at this point is considering some of the, the novel protein diets uh, out there are uh, uh, not as relevant anymore, unfortunately. Uh, and that's not because of them. That's just because many yeah. of those uh, over-the-counter foods you know, have started using those proteins. Sure, well. it's it's gotten it's gotten kind of bougie, and people like. I mean, bison cells, you know, and, and people go, "Oh, yeah. I, I want that." Yeah. And so, yeah, you see it everywhere. Unique. It's novel to owners, but not really novel to your dog, uh, per se. So, uh, I've moved away from those. I still do go for hydrolyzed diets as well, but now there are elemental. There's an elemental diet out there as well, which is basically an amino acid based diet. Okay. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that, how that, how that differs from your hydrolyzed diets. Yeah. So instead of a hydrolyzed protein diet, where you're talking about a parent protein being broken down into smaller pieces, and then that really odd potential to refold and still stimulate the immune system, we're dealing with, in an elemental diet, you're dealing with amino acids only. So you're working from that foundation up rather than top down. The immune system isn't going to recognize amino acids. And, you know, you, you look to amino acid-based diets in the past, really great success with pediatrics Crohn's patients for decades uh, on these. And they're highly digestible. um, And obviously, they really hit the mark for novel as well. Yeah. So uh, very successful there uh, and have been shown to be excellent at malnutrition and GI disease. 
Yeah, and, and I will back up for one second. I mean, we, we talked about a dog here uh, that's in good body condition, good muscle condition, great appetite. Those dogs, if you know, at least in a textbook, I'm not saying this happens because it doesn't happen for me very often, <laughs> but when you're done with that eight to 12 week trial, if you got derm, derm and or GI and derm, mm-hmm. theoretically, you're supposed to ask the owner to refeed yeah. the old <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. the retest, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I may be a specialist, and I, but I don't, I'm not sure I have any better luck than you, Andy, yeah. at getting people to do this. They may look at you like you got three heads. I ask the question, I communicate this with them if we want a definitive diagnosis, because it does help our profession to advance as vets, right? Yeah. But that owner has every right to say, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Okay. And, and that's fair. That's fair uh, yeah. at that point. So um, I, I have those conversations where it's, it's very yeah. much in my category of, a it, look, it's my job to tell you this. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Occasionally you get the curious owner and they want, they yeah. want to do it. And yeah. But what's, what's really cool though, is that sometimes they flare and then you go back onto the food you were feeding and yeah. it works. That's one, you know, the therapeutic food. And then they stay on there for life. That's great. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, sure. they they rechallenge, and the dog actually can go back to their old food. Why is now, that? I may not have said that. But, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But but it speaks to nutrition actually probably giving a, a rest to the epithelium and the mucosal healing, and nutrition really being the cure in that case. Yeah, that's fascinating. It's weird, I know. Yeah, but no, but but it, I mean, it, it it validates some of the things that we've seen. Where you say a lot of times, if I can get this calmed down. Sometimes I can get I can get at least a, a nice long uh, break from. It's almost like uh, a reset button. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. That's a great way to yeah. put it. Yeah, and for those owners that you know they they may be a little bit of sticker shock at the therapeutic diet, you know, say this is a lot of money. Maybe they actually do want to do that rechallenge and go back to the old food and see what happens. Yeah, no, the that, only time that they would sense. not deviate from it and say no, you're on this food for life is when you have the severe GI disease, the protein-losing enteropathies, the lymphatic cages, et cetera, because you know that you have to stay therapeutic at that point. Yeah, that, and that, that does make sense. Okay, that, that's yeah. super helpful. Yeah, and then also, you know, because I've, I've talked to clients and I've said, hey, look, this is the diet that we need to, to use, and they look at me and they're like, we can't afford this. for This is a three-year-old dog. But we hope Boudreaux's going to be around for another 10 years. And I go, this is 10 years of an expense. And uh, it's, it's nice to to at least say, well, let's, let's, let's try this and let's get him straightened out and, and see, see if we can hit the reset button at least and see, and yeah. see what we've got. And sometimes it's, it's, they do, they hit the reset button and they re and they rechallenge and, and then he starts to itch again or he starts to have soft stools, but they're a believer in the diet, you know, and they say, okay, well, Absolutely. we've seen this work. It's, you know, once I mean, a lot of times people are looking at it and they're going, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't even know if this is really a problem that can be addressed with nutrition. They may not have totally bought into that. Boudreaux's ears comes from his diet uh, idea. And so if I can just get them past that and get them to see some results, a lot of times I have a lot more credibility with them. You know what? And when you talk about the derm aspect of adverse food reactions and that true food allergy, that otitis externa, those ear infections may be the only derm sign. Yeah. Yeah, it, I believe it, that. It's actually quite common. Um, it's like, the, it, that is the number one sign of for derm in food allergy is the otitis externa. And, you know, in addition to really stressing to owners and saying, this is the only food to feed, you know, taking that dietary history first, really actively listening to how long this has been going on, the signs, the off and on. You know, I, 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 I think 
what's a, a, a really, 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 really important point is to stress that the alternative here is medic continued medications. Right. And you've already been doing that, okay? And it doesn't seem to be working. The problems keep recurring. And, you know, you think about it, as we brought up about the antibiotics. Those antibiotics are really disturbing that GI microbiome. What does that mean in the long run? You know, what happens there? Yeah. The prednisone, the dampening of the immune system at the same time, systemically. What are the side effects long-term of that? So probably not good and probably worth an 8 to 12-week trial of a food. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I... Uh... I did a presentation in uh, in Orlando at the VMX conference, and I was talking about sort of the psychology of making recommendations. And there's this idea of uh, reframing, and uh, it's it's how we present how we present concepts to to pet owners. And so if I take them the therapeutic diet and I put it down, and I talk to them about the price, if they compare that price to over the counter dog food that they get at the grocery store, it looks really really expensive. If I if I compare it to the drugs and the medications and the examinations and the rechecks yep. uh, and the pain of dealing with infected ears, you yep. it looks like a much, much more reasonable cost. But it really is. How do you frame it? Are you comparing the therapeutic diet to the thing that they buy at the grocery store or are you comparing it to the repeated it, visits to the veterinarian, the medications, the drug refills, things like is. that? It's a whole slew of other things. And and then lastly, again, the long term side effects of the meds, too. Yeah, no, that's so, a good, that's a really yeah. good point. Jason, um, do you have any any final pearls, words of advice for me or pitfalls that I should look out for when I go and have this conversation? I'm just going to, you know, I think we I think we've done uh, quite a bit of talking here about it and the, the importance <laughs> of the communication uh, and, and just following up with these owners, uh, particularly after that first week to make sure that they're continue to be compliant. Yeah. And then maybe some rechecks along the way there uh, during that elimination diet trial. Touch and base with them at the two to four weeks to make sure about the GI and then definitely uh, as we get out to the eight to 12 week period too. Now, this is fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for helping me with this. Uh, where can people get more information if they want to learn more about uh, therapeutic diets? You mentioned uh, the new elemental diet. Where, where can people learn more about this? Well, yeah, if you're interested in that elemental diet that I was talking about earlier on, uh, I'd say the, a great website to look at there would be uh, PurinaProPlanVets.com. Uh, or of course, like any company, uh, reach out to your sales representative. Good. Sounds great to me. I'll uh, put a link down in the show notes for people to get that. Thanks a lot for being here. I appreciate your time. Yeah. Yeah, it's been excellent. Appreciate the conversation. Good luck with Boudreaux. Thanks, buddy. I'll need it. Bye. And that is our episode. That's what I got for you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it, some tips, some tricks, some pearls, some new ways of thinking, or just a refresher on how to handle these uber common cases. Gang, take care of yourselves. Be well. Enjoy practice. Enjoy and do good things. Enjoying helping people and pets. And I will see you next time.